sure I'm on. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Yay. How, Merry Christmas, everyone. There's a, still some people out there in the hallway. I can see them. Well, we, have a, we do have a pre-programmed booties in the seats song, so they'll have an We do. Yeah. We do. They'll miss some of the announcements, which are interesting, but hmm. yeah, that's okay. You so, yeah, okay. What did, I hope you guys have a good Christmas planned. Yeah? No? You're like, eh, it's going to be what it is, right? Okay. Oh, good. So, um, let's see. We do have a couple of announcements that um, I suppose we should talk about. Did anybody get it wet today, first of all? Yeah, yeah. It is definitely Oregon in January, which means cold no, rain. No, it's not. It's Oregon in December. In December. Wow. Pray for Brian today that uh, he can speak correctly. <laughs> so, a couple of things. One, we had the Angel Tree Wrapping Party in Potluck this last Friday, Saturday. And uh, I want to first of all say thank you, particularly to Lindsay. How many people did we serve? 34. And how many presents? Did you ever count how many presents? It's a lot. I mean, we did it out in the fellowship hall, and there was just... Tables were just filled with presents, and, and, the, and the, 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 the families were so thankful and so grateful. And so I, I just want to say thank you to Lindsay and all the people who helped and all the people who donated. It was a real way of being uh, um, stepping in for Santa for, for a time. And so thank you so much for that. Um, people really loved it and had a great time. What's the next, uh, next uh, announcement? Christmas Eve service. We are changing the time from 7 to 5.30 so that you can have dinner afterwards. Yeah, that way, and I know some people don't like to be out that late, and some people have parties they want to get to, et cetera, et cetera, so we're going we're gonna to switch it up to 5.30. Thank you, Joe, for being willing to switch. Appreciate that. Oh, sure, yeah. He's like, yeah, that's, yeah. No, you should thank Vanessa is who you should thank. thank hey, Vanessa, thank you. No, I appreciate I you. I appreciate you allowing us to have, have Joe. So Christmas Eve service will be at 5.30 on, on this um, December 24th. Isn't that Friday? It's Friday. It's yep. Friday. Woo! That's always such a nice service. It's such a, you know, it's a quiet, contemplative. We're going to be here telling the Christmas story. It's a great time. All right. Um, any other announcements? Small groups? Yes, we still have a lot of small groups. I believe they're taking a break, right? Your the small groups are taking a break for the next... There is a, a, a Christmas party today at 3 o'clock. You're all invited to the Pitzers. If you don't know where that's at, let us know. We'll find that. But otherwise, I think they're taking a break for a week or so. Um, we have one on Sunday mornings here at 930, and then there's one on a Tuesday night as well. I think that's all of our announcements. That's all of our announcements. Um, oh, there is one more this Wednesday, Joe. Oh, sure. Yeah, Wednesday, 7 o'clock. Uh, if you would like to watch three awkward people singing on their back porch, Christmas songs in a somewhat okay manner, tune in. It'll be great. Even if you just play it in the background while you're making dinner or something, it's great. Yeah, this is the low production value but <laughs> high entertainment value. How's that sound? This is when the podcast normally occurs. So seven o'clock Wednesday. Seven o'clock on Wednesday. Just put it on your face. Put it on your face. It's going to be on YouTube too. I'm going to run it through the church's feed. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, it should be on Facebook and YouTube. Facebook, YouTube. Just play it in the background. Um, it'll be a great, 
holiday way to start your, your time and a little bit of fun too. So I think that's, is that all of our news? Yes, I think that's it. So let's, uh, let, me, let me remind you, what, let you know a little bit of what our, our, our service is going to be about. And it's gonna, it simply is this. I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. I want to wish you a Merry I want... From the bottom of your heart. From the bottom, <laughs> yeah. I just want to say Merry Christmas for you guys. And I'm trying not to say from Payless. <laughs> Merry Christmas from, from Payless. Payless. Merry Christmas. And all the young people are like, oh, what is that what from? Is and all that? the elders are like, well, yeah. yeah that right? That's <laughs> so, no, the whole point of my sermon today is to help you and me have a merrier Christmas and looking at how, the sh- how Scripture gives us some ideas and actually our biology, how we were created. It'll help you have, have a better Christmas, all right? So let's pray, and uh, this is going to be a fun service, okay? Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the joy of your salvation Thank you that you came into this world and you've rescued us from this, from this darkness, from the, just the mess we're making of this world. Thank you for the hope we have. Father, I want to pray for everyone who hears this service, everyone that's here, that they would have joy this Christmas, even in the midst of the darkness of this world. Help us to praise you as you deserve. We pray this in Jesus' name. Father, I, 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 feel, I feel the holidays fast uh, approaching, and I feel like I have not personally taken enough time to contemplate what that means. Pray for all of us that we are intentional about carving out a little space for peace with you. That uh, part of that is this morning, but that we need to take that with us, and that we... Um, engage with you and then allow that to carry on into how we engage with the world Lord uh, and this morning let's uh, let's model worship of you thank you as I stated before this the beginning of the service, The point of the the sermon is to help you, help us have a merrier Christmas. And so for that end, let me pray for pray for me, pray for yourself, pray for the people around you and who hear this, that God can 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 shift our thinking a little bit on a couple of things. All right? Let's pray. Thank you. Thank you for, for all that you've done for us, Jesus. Thank for you for your goodness, Heavenly Father. Thank you for the hope of Christmas. Thank you for the, the rescue that it began, the rescue mission that it star- starts. Thank you for Scripture. And the way it can shape our lives and shape our, our thinking. Thank you for it's a solid foundation to stand on. And thank you for how you've created us to obey you. 
pray, Lord, that you would help me to communicate well. Help us to hear what you have to say. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So this sermon, part of it is going to be, well, a good portion of it's stuff I've said before. There's at least one piece I've never said before that I'm really looking forward to saying that part of it too. But it begins with, you know, Christmas is about joy, isn't it? I mean, this is the, this is the announcement. The angel reassured these shepherds, don't be afraid, I'm bringing you good news of great joy. So Christmas should be, about, should be a joyful moment, something we often don't feel. But it's about joy. And as if you've been around here, you know that there's often, uh, I've talked about this issue of holy versus happy. And for some people here and some people, some Christians are like, well, that's stupid. But I, st I, I see it all the time still. The, the, the phrase, God doesn't want you to be happy. He wants you to be holy. And I want to say that is slander of God. I, I, th there's only a couple issues that could get me really worked up. This is one of them. It's not an either or, guys. He wants you to be holy and happy. And for some of you, you're like, well, it's odd. It's okay, but I need to say it again. And there's going to be a lot of this. I'm just going to need to lay a few foundations. And here's one of them. It's not either or. Does God want you to be holy? Absolutely, he wants you to be holy. But does God want you to be happy? Absolutely. Do you really want to have a relationship with any person in your life? Do you want to marry someone? Do you have a, want to have a friend in your life who doesn't want you to be happy? I mean, really? But we, I, I hear this all the time still. It's not a dichotomy. It's both. And, 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 and I mean it when I say this is a slander. It's one that's been perpetuated on the church for at least 100 years, and I understand why they, where they came from it. They're, they're trying to counter people, trying to get happy in the wrong ways. There's only, there's, and do people do pursue happiness in the wrong ways? Absolutely. You need to be happy in holiness. Yes. But happy itself is not a bad thing. Both are a command. And I and I don't think it's I don't think it's a, I don't think it's an exaggeration. I don't think it's dramatic to say that it has a tinge of Satan in it. Think about that. The the world has heard the message: God doesn't want you to be happy. Why do you think Christians think that? I mean, non-Christians think Christians want them to be miserable, right? Because they've, they've heard and they have believed that God is not a God who wants you to have fun, who wants you to have joy. Wow. That's, we, I, I, I really hope that you can get to the point in your life when you hear something online or you hear someone say that, you say, no, 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 it's both. It's both. It's happy in the right things. It's joyful in the right things. Which, nice second point, joy and happy are synonyms. 
You can see that in the English dictionary. You can see it in the Bible. Joy and happiness are synonyms along with glad and mirth. They're all similar things. It's a and, it's, and both are based on, on all, of, all of those are all on circumstances. Of course it is. And some people who, who haven't been, been knocked over the head with this are going to be, are, in my audience, are probably going, well, of course it is. Yes, going right back to this. Joy, why are they supposed to be joyful? The circumstance of the birth of Jesus. I mean, it's obvious. Right? So like Christmas, joyful in the fact that God exists and he has come to rescue you and he's coming back. That's a circumstance. So let's, be, let's do away with this holy versus happy thing. And I'm going to come back to the Bible and prove all these things in the Bible. I just want to give you an overview for a moment. And, I, and I'm going to have to go nice and slow today so you can hear this. Next one, you need to understand your feelings matter to God. Your feelings are not irrelevant to him. First of all, they're commanded. You're commanded to have certain feelings, and I'm going to show you that in a minute, including the one of joy. You're commanded that. I mean, I'll show you the verse in a moment, but you know that rejoice in the Lord always. That's, that's a command. And here's the other thing. They're required because you can't be like Jesus without also matching his emotions. Right? I mean, Jesus had emotions. He we wept at Lazarus' tomb. Part of being a mature Christian is growing so that your emotions are the same as God. God created you with emotions. They're not irrelevant. And this includes the one of joy. So we need, so that's the second point. Here's, the, here's another one. And I realize this is like I'm beating up on the, over the head with this, but these all matter. Next thing is we need to think rightly about God's command. You need to think rightly. And here's a couple of them. One, you need to realize that when, when God gives you a command, think about this. It's what he wants. It's what something he wants. When I tell my boys, Clean up the, your room. Why do I do that? Just for the whim? No, because I want their room cleaned up. So when God commands people to do something, it's because that's what he wants. Well, why would he want that? Because he wants what's good for you. Right? His commands are what's good for you. We need to think rightly about that. He does this because he wants you to be what he's commanding. And so when we come to this issue of God commanding you to be joyful, think about what that's saying. God wants you to have joy. He wants that for you. Because that's good for you. Of course it's good, it's good for you. He wants you to be rejoicing. We need to not think of them as this burden, which we do. And I realize because we've been bombarded with all of these 
do this, do this, do this. And the world has heard that. The Christians are all about these to-dos and to-don'ts. And, and it feels like this, this backpack, this boulder cr crushing you. But we need to think it differently of, no, this is God saying, this, I, I want you to be able to be, I want you to thrive. I want you to do what's good for you. I want you to, I want you to be blessed. And so I'm going to tell you what you need to do to, to be blessed. I want you to be happy. It's not a burden. But the other part of this is that God's commands are also a promise. You need to think of every time God commands you something, it's also in Jesus a promise because we know that one day when Jesus comes back, you will be exactly like him. Him who always perfectly obeyed. And so when Jesus said, when God says, rejoice in the Lord always, you need to hear, oh, I'm going to be like that one day. That's pr it's, it, he's promising that there's coming a day that you will be perfectly holy. You will love perfectly. It's a promise of holiness. It's a promise of love. It's a promise of peace. It's a promise of joy. It's a promise. Okay, let's run through some of these verses so you can see what I'm saying. Simple, right? God, you need to be holy, right? But now, 1 Peter 1.15, but now you must be holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you is holy. Should we be holy? Absolutely. That means we need to be set, set apart from God. We need to do the right thing. Yes, be holy. But, Philippians 4.4, 4, one of the things that, that God wants you to do is also to be full of joy in the Lord. Again, I say to rejoice. That's a command. Both. And you say, some people have argued over the years, well, joy and happiness are not the same thing. Well, let's look at how, let's look at how, how, how Jesus uses the word. First of all, we can use the English dictionary, and they obviously say it, but look how Jesus uses it. I tell you the truth. You, my disciples, will weep and mourn over what's going to happen to me. Circumstances. They're going to have, have fear. They're going to have sadness. Why? Because Jesus is going to die. Of course you're going to weep, right? But, contrast, in that moment, co in contrast to weeping and mourning, the world's going to have joy. They're going to, because rejoice is just joy happening over and over and over. That's what re, redo, joy, rejoicing. And you're going to grieve, but, contrast, your grief will suddenly turn into wonderful joy. Now look at, look at this. Look at how Jesus is using it. It's, a, it's, it's based on a circumstance. It's in contrast to mourning. It's in contrast to grief. What would you feel if someone that you've loved came back to life and back into your life? Would you not feel happy? I mean, happy might seem a little superficial, which is why the, he uses the word joy, which is a much more intense feeling of happiness, but it's still in the same direction. That's why he doesn't use happy, because happy, happy is too, too shallow, sure, but we get mixed up what joy means, so joy is just intense happiness. This is what joy is. It's happiness. And here's the promise, by the way, that one day we're going to have this. Dear friends, we already are God's children, but he has not shown us 
what we will be like when Jesus. He has not yet shown us what we will be when Christ appears, but we do know that we will be like him when we see him. There's going to come a day you'll feel you'll be exactly like Jesus, who perfectly obeyed God, including the ones who rejoiced. I remember that conversation in, in, in college. Um, we were having a long conversation uh, and debate over with my Bible-believing friends over, did Jesus laugh? And you can't find it in Scripture. But really, of course he did. <laughs> How can you not say some of the parables that he had without having a little bit of a chuckle? Right? Of course Jesus laughed. Do you think kids want to be around someone who never laughs? No. And the kids love Jesus. And then there's, he says things like, my joy I give to you. My peace I give to you. So, all right. All of that's just set up. We're commanded to have joy. It's not, it's not an either or with holiness or happiness. You get both. But let's talk about how to have merriness. Another synonym of joy. How do we have this? And here's, here's a big thing here. There is a, and this is the piece, I've talked about it a little bit, but I'm pushing into it a lot more here today. There is a huge connection between joy and being thankful. The connection is both biblical and biological. There's a connection, very strong connection between Feeling joy, as well as, by the way, things like health, being healthier, being, being, being less stressed, less anxiety, and thankfulness. And it's both biological and biblical. Let's look at the biblical, just so you know I'm not just making this stuff up and, and just not listening to the, war, to the Lord. Let's go to Psalm 100. I'll read through it and, and, and notice the connection here. These first couple of verses is all about how to worship God with joy. Make a joyful noise to the Lord. All the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Singing with gladness. Make a joyful noise. Happiness. Be happy. Why? Because, because you, you need to have this perspective on life that you are the Lord's. That he is God. It is he who made us. We are his people. We are the sheep of his pasture. There's this circumstance of your life. And, and this is the reason to worship him with gladness. It's the reason. It's the reason to be to, to, to shout for joy. And then notice the next verse. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. And his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless him. See what's happening here is he's. He's worship. He says you need to worship because of this. And you're doing this because your praise is. Is an expression of thanks. You're thanking him. Because he is your shepherd. Thanks. Because of something who God is, worship and joy. And it continues on. For the Lord is good. His steadfast endures, love endures forever. His faithfulness to all generations. So give thanks to him because of who you're in relationship with. Psalm 100 makes it super clear. But let's go back to the, to, to the Philippians one here, right? Give thanks. Be joyful. Why? Be thoughtful. Be gentle to everyone. And then he continues on here. And don't be worrying about stuff. Instead, you need to pray about everything 
Tell God what you need and get, do so with thankfulness. So here's what, here's what Paul is saying is I want you to rejoice. I don't want you to have fear and stress and anxiety. Instead, I want you to be talking about, to God with thanksgiving. Have thanksgiving in your heart about what's happening in your life. Telling him what you want, but be thankful so you don't feel anxiety. Instead, have joy and peace. Now, it's interesting here. I'm going to come back to that in just a moment. But here, here's one a verse that just summarizes it all together. The Lord is my strength and I shield. Circumstances. He's thinking about how God is his strength, his shield. And, 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 and he's trusting in that. He's helping me. And so his heart is filled with joy. Why? Because he's thankful for it. That's what, that's what this verse is saying. He, he, he has shifted his mind in such a way that he sees something that he's grateful for, that he's appreciating, and he, he goes, I, I appreciate it. And so he has joy. That's how it works. And this is exactly how you are biologically hardwired to do. This is the part that I, I came across this couple, maybe... A month ago, I was listening to a neuroscientist talking about this. And it's very clear. There's, this is, uh, trust the science, right? Okay. But there's some things in science that they're like, well, this is really clear. And this is one of them. There is, it is super clear what happens to us biologically, chemically in our brains, he went on to say, when you shift your focus from things that are not okay to taking a, even, even if it's, he said, even if it's literally a minute of just taking a moment and going, I appreciate, I am grateful for this thing in my life. It's a relationship, something I have. And, and he said, everybody, every, he says, every very successful person I know, and whether it's in sports, whether it's in business, whether it's in, in just in life, and with high-powered neurosurgeons, everybody, they all practice gratitude because there's something about it that changes our, 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 our minds. And what it does is it does something to these three chemicals. Four. <laughs> Thank you, Ed. Now, I'm going to walk through these very quickly because most of us probably do not know what they are. Dopamine. Dopamine is the get stuff done drug. It is, the it is that thing that when you do something, you go, ooh, yes. You may not realize that, but it's that little something that when, you, when you've made a to-do list and you cross it off the list and you go, yeah. It's that you get a little shot, shot of dopamine. The goal of dopamine is to get you to do stuff. And it does it very, 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 very well. It's a treadmill. The more you get, the more you want. Yeah, and, and it can be extremely addictive. It is what fuels most addictions. Like gambling, like alcohol, video games. Video games work on this. That's the whole premise of it. You're going along and you get some, you, you achieve some little thing and you get a little shot, shot of dopamine. You go, ooh, I want to do it again. And you do it again, and then you get more. And it just, it's like, it snowballs. 
Because the more you get, the more you want. It's why generally workaholics are workaholics. Because they, get, they love to get stuff done. They're, they love this dopamine hit. And it's really good for you to get stuff done. But the danger is you can burn relationships and you can be addicted. Serotonin. Serotonin is the relationship one. It's the status one. It's the thing that you get when, when, when someone comes across the stage at graduation and they go, I got the diploma. That's that, that feeling of status. I got a promotion. I got, it's something that you feel in that moment when, you're, when you get something of, of that's socially recognized as good. And the fun thing about this is not only you get it, but so do the people who care about you when they see it. That's why the parents go, yeah, that's my boy, right? It's what happens, when I, it's what happens to Jack when he wins a, bet, a wrestling thing and they lift up his hands like, yeah, I won. And I go, yeah, my boy won. <laughs> that's serotonin. It's a beautiful thing. It's not addictive, but it's a status one. It's a great drug. Happens automatically when this stuff happens. But the best one is oxytocin. Oxytocin is the, she loves me. It's what happens when you get a hug. It's what happens when, 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 the, when, the, when the, the mother first holds her baby. That mother-child bond with the tummy time and all that, that, and that deep bond that's connected, that happens because the mother has a huge amount of oxytocin in her body in that moment. It connects us. It is the best one of all of them. It's the hardest to get, but it's really good. And, and here's the thing, is you get it when you even, when you do something good for other people, expressing love, as well as they get it, but so do you. Now, the problem with serotonin is it can be tricked into, I feel that because I have a b nice car. But it's best when it's relationship. And oxytocin is really good when, when it's in relationship. Now, what are these three things? Oh, the fourth one real quick. Cortisol. This is the one that's suppressed when those, the other three come. And, and cortisol is the one that's responsible fi for fight or flight. It's the one that, that happens when you're in a dangerous circumstance. Because in that moment, nothing matters but survival. And so when you have that in your body, you're much more likely to have anxiety and fear and your immune system is suppressed. Because it doesn't matter if you get sick in that moment, you're trying to live. When these, those first three go, kick off cortisone, cortisol is suppressed. And what this all has to do with, with thanks is when you do it, when you give thanks, this is what you are, you are hardwired to be less stressed and anxious. 
you are hardwired to be less physic you're to be to be physically healthier because your immune system is boosted you are more likely to be motivated you are you're more likely to feel more hopeful and happier and you are created for this you do not have to have faith at all you don't even have to know that god has commanded you to be to be happy to be to be thankful and you do it and this happens because god designed human beings so that when they obey his laws it just works we work best doing what god says isn't that amazing <laughs> it's amazing when science goes yeah if you do what god says it works <laughs> yes if you and it's like you don't even have to really believe that giving thanks is going to help you and it'll help you now it works best if you give thanks for eternal things, it works best when you're, when you're concerned about the things God's concerned about. It does work best because there you're thinking about people and not things. There you're thinking about more permanent things that aren't going to change in your world, like that Jesus is coming back, that you're saved, that you have a hope, that you have a future. Giving thanks, and those are circumstances. Just as it's a circumstance that I am married to my wife, but it works best if that were if you if you give thanks to that. So this is what is this all? So we are literally you are made in the image of God to be happy when you give thanks. Isn't that a shocking statement? God wants you to be so much that He built you for this. You can have a merrier Christmas by giving thanks this year. Just be thankful. And it's something, uh, to be, let's be honest, we Americans are horrible at thanks. <laughs> right? We are self-entitled. We don't recognize how good we got it. And so we got to complain and whine and blah, 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 all this stuff. We don't give thanks very well. And that's probably why we're anxious. We're stressed out. We're fearful over everything. Yes. So I want you to have a Merry Christmas. I want you to have a merrier Christmas. And so here's, the, here's your, your application. It's really simple. One, have a to-do list. Have a to-do list. I know it sounds stupid, but put everything on there. Every day, have a daily to-do list and on, do yourself a favor and get those dopamine hits. Even if it's a, I got up on time. I brushed my teeth today. Yes, I accomplished something. And yet it sounds funny. But the people who really are, who, who, who've, who've bought into this, they write everything down they get done because they know that that's, going to help them. Have you ever gotten to a point in your life where you're just like, I just can't do anything. I'm just, I feel stuck in that day. I just can't get anything done. Here's a small little bit of wisdom. Do anything. Anything. Because that'll give you a little shot of dopamine, which makes you want to have another one. So do another small thing. Pick up one, put a, put a glass in the, in, in the sink. Oh, I got something done. Yes. 
but you have to recognize that you've done it to get the shot. That's where thanks comes in. Do have a to-do list, and here's the other piece of it. On that to-do list, have a thanks moment. Have a moment to have thanks. And it's something you'll have to practice. And it's best to be done in a group. Because the group will help you kick in that serotonin and the oxytocin. Because you can together go, yeah, you did it. Yeah, I did it. You need that. Game the system. It's w- it works. But have those in there. And it takes time to build this up. You're not going to, you know, you're not going to have the full effect of this the first moment you do it. But the more you do it, the more intense you'll feel gratitude, the more intense the, uh, the, the, the amount of serotonin and oxytocin and, and dopamine you'll get. The more you do it, the more you'll get it. So there's, there's my Merry Christmas. To-do list with, have thankfulness. And I, I know that sounds stupid. It sounds like, oh, really? Biology tells you it works. The Bible tells you that it works. He commands you to, to give thanks. So Merry Christmas. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you have created us in such a way (laughs) that obeying you just works. That just works. Thank you, Father, that you want me and everyone here to be happier. To have joy, to have more peace, to have less anxiety and less stress. (sighs) You're you're too good for us. Thank you. Joyfully we adore you. In your name we pray. on that very briefly we're also not fair to ourselves a lot of times we're not very kind um, so when you talk about your to-do list there's a lot of times I'll get to the end of the day and I go I got nothing done today <laughs> right no no but no there's plenty of days where I just go I did nothing I got nothing done and I start to beat up on myself and then I have to force myself to stop and go Okay, let's just kind of, let's go back and let's try to be a little bit more fair as opposed to that subjective feeling go, oh, I forgot I did that. Yeah, I got that done too, you know. So that whole idea of creating a list and going back, I do that all the time. I'll be like, I get halfway through the day and start to feel a little funky. I go, I'm going to write down the things I've already done. <laughs> that's right. Thank you. <laughs> but but that's, the, that's the thankful piece. You can't be, you can't, if you're, You can't get that hit until you recognize you've done it. And that's why if you take a moment to be thankful for those things, yes, I got that done, that's where you get the hit. Because until he recognized that he got this stuff done, he didn't see that he did it. You see? You may not see you have a status until you take a moment to thank God for that status. That's that's why you you have to take a moment for this. It has to be intentional. Enough preaching.
anything like me but I get about halfway through that and I go I can't breathe I can't breathe <laughs> too too many lyrics coming too fast well, let's just continue that trend all right Our Savior was born on Christmas Day to save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy, oh, tidings of comfort and joy. From God, our Heavenly Father, a blessed All of it doth deface 
Beispiel und so fort. Okay, we are going to take a moment and get our hearts ready for communion. And just as we come to the table, take a moment to give thanks for something in your life, a relationship, some, something you have in your life. It's best if it's people or something eternal. And certainly for what the table represents, okay? God is good to you. Be thankful. And I know there's lots of things you don't have this year, whether it's money or it's relationship or it's a person. But for a moment, just say thank you. And maybe it's a thank you or you'll see them again, okay? Say thank you. And then when, after a, a moment, um, we'll share on it together, okay? Grab the items and then we'll... We'll do it together. Joy to the world 
the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and said, this is my body given for you. The little baby that was born in Bethlehem came to die for you and me. And there, just a few hours later, he was crushed for our, bru- our iniquities, bruised for our sins. The chastisement that gives us joy and peace, it's okay, was laid upon Jesus. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and he said, this is the cup of the new covenant, poured out for the forgiveness of sins. And this is what we give thanks for. That the saving one has come and he's coming again. Right? Come quickly, yes. The body and blood of Christ given for you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for that. Help us to be people of gratitude. Gratitude for our salvation. Gratitude for all the little ways that you've blessed us in our lives. And at this Christmas, help us to see all the goodness in our lives because of you. The way you've rescued us this year. How you've brought us through. How you've helped us when we didn't think it was possible to be helped. For the friends you've been given us. The family members that we have a roof over, over our head, that we have a hope and a future. So many ways you've blessed us. Thank you, Jesus. We pray this in your name. Amen. May you have a Merry Christmas. I hope to see you on Christmas Eve, but if I don't, God bless. <laughs>